And in fact, at the time of this recording, uh, because of the COVID pandemic, the government has said that the rent increase, allowable rent increase for 2022 and 2023 is 0%. So they're not actually allowing any rent increases whatsoever. Hey, investors, you are listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. Hey, investment community. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the podcast. Today, you're going to hear a solo podcast, a little bit of a different direction, but I'm going to be talking about RTB rent regulation. I've been asked a lot by investors to speak on this. There's lots of really good nuggets here. So grab a pen and I hope you enjoy. Hey there, investment community. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the podcast. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. This is going to be a solo podcast. Solo because I want to talk about something that is fairly important in our industry. Um, I've been asked a lot by a lot of investors and clients to speak on this topic. So I hope you're going to get a lot out of it. And what we're talking about today is... RTB rent regulation, residential tenancies brand rent regulation. And I know that this podcast is being listened to, you know, across many different provinces and states, but hopefully, you know, the guiding principles are going to also apply to your specific jurisdiction. So I thought I'd start with a story a few years back and make no mistake, these types of stories cross my desk, you know, if not once a month, several times per year. And uh, so I had a potential client that came to me and they owned uh, you know, a fairly large apartment block. I think it was maybe 35 or 40 units. It was a three-story walk-up. And the fellow's dad had just passed away. So he has uh, just inherited this apartment block. And you know, his dad was a really hard worker. He renovated this building. He put his, his uh, you know, pride and joy into it. And he had great relationships with his tenants. So what his father did was, you know, he went to his tenants and said, you know, I want to do some upgrades to the apartment block. What if I do, you know, give you new, new kitchen cabinets and we'll do some painting and some flooring. Would you be agreeable to get and pay some more rent rather? So, of course, they said yes. So, he proceeded to renovate this entire apartment block. And, you know, tenants were happy. He's happy. They gave him more rent. It was agreed upon ahead of time. Um, So, then you fast forward to, you know, years later. It's probably about 12 years later. And the son approaches me and he's got a problem. Apparently, his dad didn't know that you needed to register your rents and you needed to get permission to increase the rent regardless of the type of renovations he did. 
So, and, and this is a really heart, heartbreaking story because, uh, and we'll get into it a little bit later into the podcast, but, you know, long story short, this, uh, the son, the estate essentially had to pay back something like $260,000 of illegal rent increases. And I mean, it's illegal according to the Residential Tenancies Act, even though the landlord and the tenants had agreed to it. Think about that. It's, it's mind-blowing. $260,000 that he had to pay back. And the block's only worth a certain amount of money. So, you know, this apartment block, which was in their family for 20 years, which was meant to be passed on to the son and then eventually to the grandkids, they essentially had to sell the block and almost take a loss on it. And all their equity was gone just in order to pay these illegal rent increases. So let's get into the weeds and do a deeper dive on this. Okay. So what we're talking about here is RTB, Residential Tenancies Branch Regulation. Okay. And that is, again, I'm just quoting specific to Manitoba, but make whatever leaps you you need to for your own jurisdictions. But specific to Manitoba the RTB and the province of Manitoba have a set amount that they dictate per year. Uh, It's released in September of each year for the amount of rent that is allowed to be increased each year. Okay. Typically, I would say it's between one and 3%. The last few years, it's been, you know, 1.1%, 1.6%. You hear numbers like that. And in fact, at the time of this recording, uh, because of the COVID pandemic, the government has said that the rent increase, allowable rent increase for 2022 and 2023 is 0%. So they're not actually allowing any rent increases whatsoever. So l- let's do some math, because you might be wondering how in the world did that apartment block that I just referenced, that story, amount to $250,000, a quarter of a million dollars having to be paid back. So let's do some math. Let's say that you have rents in your multifamily dwelling, $700, okay? Current rents are $700. You want to do a renovation. Your tenants agree to increase the rent to $900. So we're dealing with a $200 rent increase. Now, again, if you didn't file, you didn't register the rents in the first place and you didn't file and were allowed, be given permission to increase these rents, it is considered an illegal rent increase. When RTB finds out, they force you to pay back that money to each tenant. Okay, they force you to pay back the money to each tenant. And if you can't find the tenant, maybe they're no longer here, they've moved, then the RTB will force you to pay that money back to the branch itself they will make an attempt to find the tenant. And if they can't, they keep the money for their quote-unquote emergency fund. Okay, It's absolutely mind-blowing, which is why I thought I would come out and do a, a solo podcast on this. So some might think, well, it's only $200. What's the big deal? I, I, that's digestible. I can do that. But let's scale it because it scales very, very quickly. It escalates. Okay, So our $200 overpayment times 12 months is 2400 per year. If you have a 10plex, that's $24,000 you owe. Okay? And if you perform that renovation 5 years ago, that is $125,000 that you now have to pay back to the tenants. And that's only for a $200 rent increase. 
and only for a 10plex. So imagine if you raised your rents from $600 to $1,200 because you did windows and a roof and you replaced the boiler and kitchens and bathrooms and flooring and your market dictates that you can charge $1,200 in that particular area, you can see very, very quickly if you've got a 15, 20, 30 unit block, even only for a couple of years, how you can easily owe hundreds of thousands of dollars back to your tenants. Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants. And they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, Upper Edge Property Management. Their new division, Upper Edge Capital, is currently involved in multiple projects, from single-family flips to multifamily development. Are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital? Or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner? If so, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to book a time to speak with Garrett and his team to see if there is a fit. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. Now, back to the show. So while paying back money is terrible, I'm not going to downplay that, there's some even more unintended consequences. Because now your building won't cash flow. So how are you going to debt service it? So don't forget, the RTB, in addition to making you pay back all that rent, they're going to roll back the allowable rent that was allowed to be, to be paid by these tenants. So in my example, where you've gone from $600 to up to $1,200, you've purchased the building based on you know, borrowing money, performing renovations, to know that your $1,200 rent is going to cash flow, you know, give you a really good ROI for your investment. And now you're forced to only take in $600, basically half of your intended cash flow. What is that going to do? Because how are you going to debt service? So um, another unintended consequence, the value of your building is going to decrease. So don't forget, commercial appraisals follow the income approach. They're not doing on market value. They're looking at cap rates. Um, So if your income is reduced per year, your building is going to be worth less which affects resale, it affects your partnerships that you've, you've made certain promises, it affects your ability to refinance and how much you're taking out. So what are we talking about here? Rent control, okay? So I'm going to explain some general concepts. It's a um, little bit more, maybe more difficult to do on a podcast because I don't have visuals, but uh, we'll do our best here. I mean, you're listening to this in the car. So visualize that you have, again, the specific to Manitoba, You've got a, th- a triplex, so three units in the building, and a fourplex, four units in the building. That is actually the defining line for rent control here in Manitoba. Okay, so three units and below, you can actually reset the rent each time a vacancy occurs. 
Okay, so I'll repeat that. If you have a building with three units or below, you can reset the rent each time that you have a new tenant moving in. If you have a fourplex or larger, then that rent that it was previously registered at has to stay the same. So if you've got a 10plex and the rent is $600 and the person's lived there for 10 years and the neighboring or the market says that it's a $950 rent, you can only charge $600. If you charge $950 and the RTB finds out, and they will, um, now you owe $350 back for every month that the tenant pays you. So it's, it's certainly not worth it to try to get away with it. How can the RTB find out? How can your, your government or your, you know, your governing body find out? Well, it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, these, these organizations have computers. Everything is logged in now. The moment that you have a tenant dispute a security deposit, the first thing they're going to do is look at what was the previously registered rent. They open up a compliance file on you and boom, now all of a sudden you have this investigation and you have these orders that you have to pay back this rent. And make no mistake, if you refuse to pay, they can you know, confiscate the rent from your tenants. Um, and force it to pay to the branch until that debt is paid. There are some exceptions. You know, uh, they currently, again, at the time of this podcast recording, if you have a building that is 20 years or newer, then you can reset the rent to whatever you want when it is vacant. Um, same thing. There is something called a rehabilitation scheme. That is when you are applying to the government saying and stating that you're going to be doing a certain amount of renovations. They approve that rehabilitation scheme. And once you have finished your renovations, they will give you their blessing. And then you can charge whatever you want for rent for a specific period of time, usually between one and five years. And after that period has finished, the rent is now locked in again. Um, it's a very good strategy. It complements another strategy that people use, which is called a rent increase above guidelines. Now, rent increase above guidelines, very similar, except you're not asking for permission ahead of time for which renovations you can do, and you don't have to put an application in ahead of time and get it approved. Rent increase above guidelines is where you are going back a certain period of time and submitting your receipts and invoices for work that has improved the property. And RTB will do an empirical calculation, they're doing some math here, of how much the rent is allowed to be increased. So whether you're doing a rehab or you're doing a rent increase above guidelines, both strategies are, are good. It really depends. Um, some people prefer the rehab because they, they have a set amount of money that they're going to be doing uh, and spending. Some people prefer rent increase above guidelines because while they're evaluating their purchase or how much they're going to be spending on the reno, they can actually use the same formula that the government is using and calculate what the rent increase will be in the future. Okay. So there is um, in both schemes, uh, you know, capital versus current repairs. So, you know, in a rent increase above guideline, you do have the ability to have different categories, a capital expense, uh, you know, some, some kind of capital upgrade versus, let's say, just painting. Okay. Now, I want to make the point that that defining line, three units or four units, it is the same guidelines for four units or 100 units in that apartment block. 
Okay. So just because you have a small block, that's a fourplex, it's still considered an apartment block. So that is rent regulation there. How does that play into what you do as an investor? Well, obviously you want to do your due diligence. You want to protect yourself. At least here in Manitoba, there is something called a rent regulation report. So during the due diligence process, when you're purchasing some of these assets, you are allowed to pay a fee to the government and they will give you a rent regulation report. That gives you an idea of what the previously registered rents were at that time period, whether, you know, it was 20 years ago was the last time it was registered and the rents are $400 and the pro forma is saying that they're $1,200. That still gives you knowledge. It gives you ammunition to be able to go and maybe negotiate a lower fee, sorry, a lower purchase price for the block because there's this liability that's hanging over, right? So that that can create an opportunity for you during acquisition. You can also, you know, push the point that because there's so much rent that's owed uh, to the government, um, you can maybe get the asset for a little bit cheaper because it is undervalued. Obviously, if you are going to buy something like this, you do you do your due diligence, you purchase it with a renovation uh, budget in mind, knowing that when you refinance, the uh, amount of rent is going to be reflective and the building is going to cash flow, you're going to get your cap rates and therefore your your value of your asset has also gone up accordingly. I think that's really all I want to talk about today. You know, it's it's an emotional topic. There's certainly a lot more that we could go into and I certainly will for future podcasts or even more of a YouTube uh, presentation because there's there's a lot of lot of things here, but what I want you to take away is do your due diligence, protect yourself, don't think you can get away with it and just know that RTB rent regulation exists. They do enforce it and you want to make sure that you're not caught in a situation where you now owe money and your your asset is undervalued because of it. Thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, if you like these solo podcasts, you know what? Drop me a line. Tell me about something that you'd like to hear about and I'll do my best to enlighten you. See you around. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Investing to Win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to Win is not only about helping you to win more, but WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. To see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to learn more. Once again, The link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time.